Welcome to Your Life Atelier podcast. This is me, your host and coach, Emma Lavelle. And we are kicking off the Raise the Level model challenge in the coaching studio. And the coaching studio is what I am calling the Life Atelier, Prune and Bloom, Fluid English Studio, the Activation Reset, all of these lovely things that I have created for you for whichever point you're at in your coaching journey, whether you're looking to heal your relationship with yourself, whether you want to increase your self-confidence, whether you want to minimize your business so that it's helping you live a life that's aligned with your values, wherever it is, everything is now inside the coaching studio. So if you click on the link today, In the show notes, you'll see one page on my site that says the coaching studio and it has the life atelier at the top and it's just got everything in it. And there's an annual membership that I've added, which I'm really excited about because I feel like taking the commitment to go all in on getting coached for 12 months is like, okay, you're showing your brain, we are making this part of life. And it's spacious enough to take the pressure off. I did a course last year that was like six weeks and I felt really like, oh God, I have to implement this. I have to do these things. And it it just felt horrible after the year of, you know, the 15 hour work week and time hacking and everything. So I want you to have that option for spaciousness, but also know that it doesn't take time, right? Do not forget, I am a kind of, <laughs> I am a time hacker coach. This is a very big part of my coaching. So one of the tricks that we use is we allow ourselves spaciousness and we allow ourselves as much time as we want. And weirdly, it means we do things really quickly. Well, not weirdly, I'll explain exactly why inside, inside the membership. So for the annual option, you also get an immediate missing piece coaching session. This is really important to me because I want to work with all of you one-to-one at some point to have that contact just to really be able to show you your blind spots. Um, Usually we have at least one and it kind of is very clever at hiding itself in different places. So we think it's perfectionism or we think it's fear of something and then actually it's the same thing that that we're always facing. Mine is the belief that I'm messy and that messy is bad. And it's so funny because it pops up again and again and again. Like I always call it the Scooby-Doo villain. And it's like you whip off the, you think it's a different monster and then you pull off the head and it's like, ha ha, it's the same bloody one. <laughs> so as well as your initial missing piece session, you will also get three quarterly one-to-one sessions. Um, And I wanted to do them about every three months because I know for me, when the season changes, we can really harness that change in the mood, the change in the weather, the change in energy. And if it's knocked us off balance, you know, I talked about last year how when it started to get dark, I just wanted to sleep all the time and not do anything. And and so having a one-to-one coaching session can be a really nice way to, to just reconnect with yourself and rebalance. And you will also get a lovely, I'm so bad at keeping secrets. I'm really trying to keep secrets, (laughs) but I'm really excited. 
Let's just say there's something that has appeared quite a lot on my Instagram stories and pictures and you will be getting something connected to that in the post from me and Rita and Toulouse. So I was going to just give you the recording today of the three-step coaching method, the Confiantha coaching method um, that I'm teaching to help you kick off the challenge but actually I think that's going to be more useful a little bit later because what we're doing inside the coaching studio this month starting today is looking at how to use the self-coaching model to raise awareness, so to understand what it is that you're doing, the thoughts that you're having that are leading to the feelings that you then experience. Because when we have a thought, for example, I feel frightened, that then provokes a physical response in our body. And so a really nice example came up on a coaching session yesterday where the person I was coaching said, um, they were talking about speaking up in, in public and and how when they got a response that they didn't expect they physically felt themselves contracting and shrinking so that physical action step is as a result of the feeling of fear and the feeling of fear is caused by the thought i fucked up or that was stupid or you know whatever the thought is or i'm gonna get fired they're gonna kick me out right they're gonna discover that i don't know what i'm doing so that's essentially the self-coaching model, that there is a circumstance, so this example would be words were said out loud, and then there's a thought of, I shouldn't have said that, and then there's a feeling of fear or shame, and then there's an action step, so we've got a physical response in this one, and then there's a result, and the result in this situation would be reinforce the behaviour pattern of associating speaking up in public with bad things happening, okay? And over time, over repetition, what happens is don't feel more confident about speaking in public, don't feel more comfortable in my skin in general, okay? So when we use the self-coaching model, what we do is we change the thought. That's the thing that we tinker with, okay? We change the thought to get a different feeling in our body, to get a different set of action steps. And that's what we're gonna look at this week, so this month. So in the coaching studio, I'm going to prompt people each day to share a model. And then the next layer of that, because we don't want to have to make models, self-coaching models for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I mean, some people do, right? Like that is basically the framework of a lot of coaches is they will use this model They'll start the day with a model, they'll end the day with a model, and they really get very granular about it. I'm not a massive fan of that. I like to just, you know, get into flow, start to do things more intuitively. So what I do now is I am very conscious of where is my nervous system in that spot and being very connected to my body. So noticing, oh, that physical response, my nervous system is activated, okay? It's either going into fight or flight, or it's going into, um, what do we call it? Freeze, exactly, freeze or fawn. So instead of being in this just reactive state, we first start to notice like, okay, this is the response that I'm having, and then bring that into planning the day and sort of start to think about 
these stretchy goals, which is another thing that we're doing with this challenge. So we're doing the challenge through the lens of expanding what we think is possible and really turning up the thermostat on what we believe we are allowed, okay? And starting to expand those possibilities. I got some beautiful responses to the email this morning of people using, using, using the model uh, to start to turn up that thermostat. So that's what we're gonna be coaching on. But in the meantime, thinking about how we're planning. So let's say that you have decided something that you currently think is impossible, or you have like 1% of belief, right? So that's one of the tools that we use inside the coaching studio is this 1% belief, and then taking to starting to take action steps from that place. So an example of that might be my 15 hour work week this time last year, I sort of believed it was possible because I knew that my coach had done it, I knew that the previous mastermind had done it, but did I think it was possible for me working by the hour? It was very tenuous. But started to think about, okay, if it is possible, how might that work? What sort of things might I start to do and start to experiment with? Now, when we're experimenting, what we're doing is we're testing the unknown. And that has an impact on our nervous system. So the more unknown something seems and the more impossible, the more dangerous it seems, and this might, you know, it's gonna vary enormously depending on your culture and depending on your socialization. So if you grow up in the States and you have a family that are big believers in the American dream, then when you say to them, I'm gonna start my own business, the response might be, yeah, amazing. Right? You tell your taxi driver, I'm going to start my own business. And the taxi driver's like, cool, I'm working on my own business. And everybody's cheerleading you. But if you come from a country where there has been a lot of economic instability, where you know, I think about Spain and the economic crisis, that has very much changed the landscape. So in Spain, if you say, I'm going to start my own business, the response might be, okay, that doesn't sound like the best idea? Are you sure you don't want to wait for a different climate? Don't you want to get a nice job with the government? Wouldn't it be better to work with a company? So your nervous system is gonna need to be more resilient in that context so that you can then take those perceived bigger risks. So what I like to do is literally look at the day ahead, look at, okay, what is my goal, right? So let's say I want to do something like I'm working on, this was the example of yesterday, my public speaking. And right now I am sensing and experiencing a lot of danger around this. And it just feels like there's a lot of shame connected to it. I know that it's connected to the culture I grew up in. It wasn't really encouraged to just, you know, start to speak and share your opinion. And again, like, yeah, really depends on the culture that you grew up in. Um, Or it might be that in my family, I was knocked down for speaking up and I was told that I should keep my opinions to myself. So I still want to work on this skill and I still want to build my confidence in this area, but I need to think more strategically about how I'm gonna support my nervous system to do it. How am I gonna increase that resilience and that recovery time? So what brings me joy? What helps my brain to get out of stress and into play and relaxation and creativity and flow and balance? And the example we talked about yesterday was playing guitar. And I love this so much because it's got so many components to it. 
For you, it might be doing mathematics. For me, it's getting outside in nature. As soon as I start to feel my nervous system like crunching and grinding and tensing up, it's time to take the dog and go for a walk and just find like a tree that I can touch or I can look at. <laughs> Sometimes that's not possible. Let's say you're inside an airport and you're having a stress response. Well, in that situation, we might then go to a recording of nature or have some pictures of nature. I've got books on my iPad about nature, listening to an audiobook. You know, there's always ways that we can adapt um, when we can't have the perfect scenario. So this example of playing the guitar, very often, people think about, okay, I'll have a couple of hours or half an hour or whatever of playing my guitar as my treat, as my reward at the end of the day of doing the difficult things. But what I asked this person to think about was, okay, how could I strategically use this to support my nervous system so that I'm weaving it through my day? So let's say that, in fact, before I even open my laptop, I'm gonna give myself 10 minutes of just playing something really calming. Or I know that learning to play something new creates a certain amount of stress and frustration that maybe it's more like having an espresso when I'm already stressed. So I'm gonna save playing new things for tomorrow when I've already done this difficult thing. And today I'm just gonna play like old familiar things. Maybe I'm gonna put my guitar behind my laptop in a corner where I can see it. So my subconscious is gonna be like, ah, lovely, playing the guitar while I'm doing the difficult, scary thing, okay? You can do this in a few ways. You can write out, like what I like to do um, inside the coaching studio is put a list of tasks and then balance them, like match them with things that are energizing or things that bring joy. So I call them like the energy or the joy drops. So you could do it in that way, like write the task and then match the the lovely thing that's gonna help you create that flow and creativity. So you literally have a list next to it that you're ticking off as well. Or you can just go more intuitively and you can just make it really easy. You know, that might be opening and putting a physical book on the table where sometimes you open your phone to look at the news, which then adds, you know, don't think anyone feels good after reading the news. Um, so you could set up your environment and think about it in that way. You could put reminders on your phone, you could put it in your calendar, you know, you could just, there's so many different ways you can do this, just play with it. So that's where we are going. That will be the next phase of the challenge. And I will, I will put the link to my coaching method and the three coaching questions that I use under this episode around this episode, might be in an email, depends where you get it. But if you do have questions, you are curious about this, then come and DM me on Instagram. Or if you are ready to come and get coached, then sign up for the quarterly membership or jump in and get the annual membership and get your one-to-one -one coaching as well. And I will see you in the next episode. Have a lovely Tuesday.